Good afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri, Boston, Massachusetts, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, Wilberton, Delaware, Detroit, Michigan, Hampton, Virginia, Newark, New Jersey, Chicago, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, Memphis, Tennessee, Canton, Missouri, also Canton, Kansas, Dawson, Oklahoma, Orlando, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia, home of the National Black Business Conference that's taking in, in August. I'll give you the dates a little bit later on here. Welcome to lunch with the Missouri Black Chamber Conference for a beautiful July the 29th, 2023. My name is Aaron your host and creator, along with Elder Aldo Lowndes. How you doing, Rev? Fine. Now, Pat, how's the wife doing? Fine. I was wondering here, everybody's in the house doing fine. And Brother Scott, how you doing, sir? I am too blessed to be distressed. Well, Scott, are y'all are we all keep keeping cool now? Uh, inside, yes. <laughs> Outside, I gotta be a little bit warmer because my air conditioning's out on my motorcycle. Yeah, that's right, yeah, because, uh, <laughs> that's not funny, but how is that air, is it, well, how is that riding a mic in with his heat, Scott? Well, you do get a little bit of a breeze, and that feels good, but, uh, it's usually a hot breeze when it's this hot in the, uh, area. So. You gotta hate to get the stuff like, don't you? What's that? Did you get to a stoplight, right? Yeah, stoplights can be a little long now, but that's okay. Okay. It's still a better day outside on the bike than it is inside in a car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, uh, the boat will be joining us later on in the program, but we're broadcasting live on Frequency USA Hot Talk A beautiful Woodson Terrace that's, that's in North County. North St. Louis, where we're located in Honor, Missouri. Yeah, thank you for joining us today on a beautiful hot, hot Saturday in July. And also, without further ado, we will have a prayer with Elder Alan Miles, who's the pastor of the Walker Poor Bound Chapter Church, that's located at 5527 that's in North St. Louis, 61 towards the Yes. We would like to have a prayer with Elder Alan Miles, the pastor of the Walker Poor Bound Chapter Church, located in North St. Louis. In the Walgar Park area at 5547 Avenue, 61. Next words of course, you'll be able to be that of in Delta Allen Lounge, our friend, who's the parents of Walgar Park, Bound Chapter Church at 5547 Avenue, 6120 St. Missouri. So, Rev, how you doing today, sir? Fine. And what do you have for us today? It's heads. Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. You didn't have to, but you did. Heavenly Father, we thank you most of all for your wonderful gospel. How did Christ die for our sin, was buried, and rose again? Amen. I continue to believe it to the saving of the soul. Yes. Continue to make heaven your home before you sleep and after you sleep. Heavenly Father, I should bless the sick all in the universe. And Heavenly Father, I should bless that the gospel go forth all over the universe and the Holy Spirit can be spirits to be saved before it's ever too late. Amen. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Amen, Reverend. We show, we know, we all need prayer because it is so much going on, so much going on. So what's for, so what, what do you have for us in the lesson, Reverend? I mean, it's a continuation of voodoo. Okay. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, the continuation.
about the CIFA workers, but we're going to start out with a, another point. Says the third is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. On the first John, the second chapter of first John, verse 16. Right. Okay, that's who I got you. In verse 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's why God said, Don't love the things that's in the world. Pride of life is a uh, it's what makes people blind. That's why people came not to the knowledge of the truth of God because of pride. The pride in you. Pride makes you blind. And that's what Israel is blind into the day, into the fulfilling of the Gentiles coming in because of their pride. Mm -hmm. It was stiff naked and hard-headed people. You know, you know, Rev, that's one thing that's all through the Bible that's been consistently the Jewish people being stiff-necked and not just them stiff-necked means being contrary and difficult and not believing what the facts are. Amen. All right, now here's a we're going to go to Genesis the third chapter Genesis verse 1 through 7. Okay. Turn that. Okay, get my pages. Second chapter or third chapter? Third chapter, Genesis. That's the, the second chapter is innocent. The third chapter is sin. <laughs> okay. Beginning of sin is the third chapter. For one, 
The L is for love. The O is for outstanding. The G is for glory. And the Y is for yield. That's the man of God. Bibliology. In Genesis, the third chapter, verse 1, says this. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye should not eat of every tree of the garden. See, that's, that's the spirit that's in the world today. That's the spirit that causes all this confusion and chaos out here. All the evil doing that's going on out here. All the corruption. All it is set up on this wicked system. The system is wicked because it's ran by Satan and his demons. Even though he got human beings, Satan got children. And those people that are in office from the president on down, they're not born again. They're working for Satan. Amen. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You should not eat of it, neither should you touch it, lest you die. Now, it was some add-on in this third verse because God had said, touch it or not. That was, uh, that was Eve and her ad-lipping in it. Okay. See, a lot of people, he didn't say nothing about touch. He told Adam, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's all he, that's what's the commandment. But she going to put something else in it because she was, uh, of messing with the spirit of this world, which was he. Mm-hmm. She was talking with him, and he was causing confusion. Okay. Verse 4 says, And the serpent said unto the woman, You should not surely die. See, she had already believed him. And, and that, that's telling you that they have had very other conversations before this came up to this. For God do not know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes should be open, and ye should be as God's, knowing good and evil. That's the spirit in the world, the knowledge of knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, in a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took off fruit of and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. See, Adam was with him. And Adam didn't have to eat, but he did. Okay. And it wasn't, and everybody said that a woman caused him, not a woman that caused him to do nothing. Adam willfully sinned. Because he knew he wasn't supposed to be eating of that tree. Yeah, that's a direct order. Yes, sir. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And they sold fig leaves together 
and made themselves able. And that's what they're doing today in the world. Only thing they're doing in the world now, they, 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 they got everything out now. They're shaking their rumps and everything. Everywhere you go, uh, and they half naked. That's why that's, and that spirit of the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's inside your house. It's everywhere you go. And it's talking about you as an individual. That's kind of rough, but it is. That's what it's talking about. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's what gets everybody in trouble. Now, the Zumbian of Niger, Congo, is an origin akin to Congo in the Zambi God. Uses Zombie, the voodoo snake, deity, the supernatural power, according to voodoo belief, they enter into and reanimate a dead body, willless and speechless human in the West Indies, capable only of automatically of often believed to have been drugged into a catalytic for the hours of intimate. See, you could be you be drugged, and it, it could be an animal doing the work from that wicked person, or it could be a drug that they gave you. And then and the animals are, is a, a delusion. It's deceitful. It's invisible. It appears to you that God said, walk by faith, not by sight. What you see is temporal. What you don't see is everlasting because it's yet to come. Next one, scriptures to protect you against the wiles of the devil. Look at Exodus 22, 18. Exodus and next to Genesis. 22 and verse 18. Okay. Notice what it said. Thou should not suffer a witch to live. Hmm. And this was a fun of the Lord. This is talking about the judgment and crimes against humanity. Jewels and uh, you know, uh, evil uh, seekers are working for the devil. Those people are uh, are the enemy of human human being. Of not the human being, he don't know nothing about that. That's why they can persuade him to do things or her or their children. Could sacrifice him doing everything. Have <clears throat> smoking dope, drugs. The human says dealing with drugs, and that's the most thing. Like this weed they got out here, that's, that's, that they got out here, they done made it legal. God, God forbid, they done made it legal, and the people are uh, worse than they was than they was at first. Smoking, <laughs> it stinks. It don't have no passing order to it. 
Everybody you see, they be smoking everywhere. They be all out in the streets, on the corner, on the corner, on the porch, around places where it's dead at. That's where they live around the dead, where ain't nothing there. And they be smoking their drugs and everything they can do. Wickedness, that's what they like. Instead of cleanliness and healthiness. Not good. Look at Deuteronomy 18. Okay. 18 chapter Deuteronomy. I got you. 
Alright. Leviticus 19 and verse 26. You should not eat anything with the blood. Now, blood is what makes an atonement for the soul. The blood is the life of the body. So when people are indulging in drinking blood, like people uh, eat uh, real raw meat, raw meat, they might work that's going to eat a raw animal. Because uh, uh, you catch disease, but the meat is easy. It, it, it's easy to digest in the sense when you're chewing it and eating it because it's not really uh, up like that. So, uh, it's messed up. Anyway, yeah. but you need to get cook your food done. Yeah, yeah, yeah they tell you that, man, you know, because, uh, matter of fact, uh, like we ended it's been said now that this COVID-19 came out of some, you know, some unclean animals, you know, from over China. Yep. Then they go on to say, neither should you use enchantment, nor observe time. In other words, you should be worshiping time. You, you ain't got no control over time. You don't know the day or the hour. But you think you know. But that be those demons deceiving you and doing the things that you commanded them to do through your wickedness. So you practicing this. Well, Rev, I tell you what, okay? As it turned out, time is on, not, not on our side today, okay? Because right in the middle of here, this could be continued. It's okay with you. Amen. Okay, right now, thank you for the, you know, uh, the uh, explanation that you go on 909, we're in the room in the Bible, that, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, and that's the thing that these are facts that have stood the test of time for generation and matter of fact, for thousands of years. Thousands of years. So, anyway, we want to thank you again uh, for those uh, excellent insights and sharing knowledge with us like you do every Saturday. So, anyway, that's, that's Reverend. Yeah, I call him Reverend Lyle, Elder Lyle. That's why I call him. He's Elder Elder Lyle, who's the pastor of one of the four Bible chapter tree. I want to thank him, and that's uh, Scott. And then, no, my name is Aaron, folks. That's Ray, and that's Scott. You guys are lunch with the Missouri Team of Commerce. Scott, take us out of here. Amen. <laughs>
Lunch with him too. Like she can come with on a beautiful Sarah Gathernoon here in St. Louis and around the world. But uh, Rev had one last thought. We were talking about the word pride. So Rev, kind of tell, tell us what pride, how, how bad pride is. Pride is, is, is real bad. You know, of the, of the spirit of, of that's in you, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the first two, you can walk and get and, and, and command them, but the pride of life, pride of life is where a person don't want to say that they wrong, they hard head, stiff neck, they don't like nothing but what's right for them. Those for them is fine, but when it comes to you, they don't want to have nothing. And it ain't, and it's, it, ain't, it ain't love. Pride is not love. Okay, now, real one, then know we're going to come back to that later on in the program, all right? Okay. All right. But anyway, one of the things, I don't care where you are right now, uh, you know, where you live at, uh, uh, you have been part of the, uh, the, this has been the hottest July on record. I mean, they knew we had a couple hundred, three days. Uh, as, you, as, you, as you experience this, could you imagine, you know, that we had 100 degrees here in St. Louis in some places, you know, uh, like in Phoenix and places like that. They are up, you know, they have had 20-some days of, of, of hotter than 22 degrees in a 24 degrees. As a matter of fact, the global average temperature has been hotter than in the last 22 days for the first 24 days in July than any other date on record. And this is according to the calculation by the University of Maine's climate you know, reanalyzer. And they analyze the stuff and they tell you right now, it's very hot. And it's going and it's getting hotter for something of Nelly. Getting hot up in here. Well, it is hot up in here. As a matter of fact, uh, if you go in the ocean on the tip of Florida, that is the hottest, hottest point in the ocean around the world. Over 100 degrees. That's right, here 102.5. This is in the ocean. Now, you wonder why we have all these problems. Well, as this makes the iceberg at the North Pole and South Pole, they're melting now. They're and if they melt, that means that uh, that's changing a whole climate for us around the world. And that's why you're seeing more flooding uh, you're seeing more hurricanes, you're seeing more tornadoes, you're seeing more earthquakes, you're seeing more fire from the dryness of the land. So again, if anyone can tell you how you can help be a part of trying to fix out how to be part of the, the, the solution to the problem, not the problem, I'm asking you to please stay cool. That's what you can do. Bring lots of water and fluids, not alcohol, lots of fluid, and please stay cool. And one of the things that we all can do is check on your neighbors, uh, make sure that they are, you know, they're okay. If you don't see them in a couple of days, uh, you know, and you're older sometimes, you know, the other do not want to turn the air conditioning on, the fan, they want to save their medication. So please check on your neighbors. Do, do the right thing. Check on your neighbors to make sure they're okay. And also, again, uh, this is kind of a bad news tip. The uh, COVID-19 virus that seems to, seem to be returning as these numbers are starting to increase. You know, across the country, and not just across, around the world. Uh, and we all kind of got to put to sleep a little bit because they're not been reporting on the numbers every day. But the only good news so far when it comes to COVID-19 is that the hospitalization are still low. But 
right now, wherever you can, please uh, wear your face mask. What, but continue to wash your hands. And when you can, put a little space. Uh, people right now are coughing. Uh, they sneezing on you. And that is not good. So, again, I know, Rip, you know, I do. And I think you do. I know you do, Rip. We go pay. We wear our face masks. Amen. Because right now, uh, you know, people uh, you know, uh, take a chance. And sometimes, you know, the hospitalization may be down. But obviously, that one time, that may be you. So, again... Please, please look up with your own self. And another thing that's, uh, you know, you have to change it here. Uh, this week, Elon Musk, you know, who bought Twitter last, you know, last year for $44 billion. You know, when anyway, over the last year, you had all you heard the bad news, people leaving Twitter, where right now, you know, most people buy a brand, like, you know, like Nike has a brand, we have, you know, branding is, is seeing in, in telecommunication like in social media but the little the little bird on twitter was kind of worldwide nationwide global wide uh, a sign anybody can recognize well granted it's hard to do but right now uh <laughs> mr bus has changed that bird to an x now now we did it because that's what he owned the company but he's gotten into trouble in san francisco where his the, the Twitter is actually located, the headquarters there, changed the sound of the building, and now uh, he's facing some charges. Uh, see, you gotta have a permit to change the sound on a building. So you gotta make sure it fits the specifications, the size, and stuff like that. So right now, you have another lawsuit coming on that. They're doing it this way, and that's not not not, not high words. Now, also, uh, a bit of good news here in, 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 in St. Louis, in, in this area. Our Congresswoman Cori Bush uh, has just filed a bill in the United States House of Representatives and aimed at limiting the use of solidarity confinement in prisons. They called the Inner Solidarity Confinement Act. But this would do, it would largely permit the use of solidarity confinement in prison. We have found that this leads to a whole lot of problems when a person comes out. Uh, sure, we have people that don't do it, do it. they got to be put in some type of way. But what this is doing now, you can't see an abuse in some cases. I mean, you know, the immigrants coming in, the you know, detention of facilities is going up. People are evil right now, the real you said. And like, I guess a good example of that was this past week, uh, I mean, what was last week downtown, Five, where this, this uh, truck driver uh, was riding down the highway and he was surrounded, and this has made no sense to me, I don't know about you and Scott. He was surrounded by uh, uh, state patrol, state highway patrol people all around him. The guns pulled out, uh, and he got out the truck, he obeyed the orders, and all of a sudden, this man sticks his dog on and he was telling him, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Well, the man now has lost his job, and now he is in a possibility of losing his license because he meant he does it, it, it was mean spirit but it's good back then when the people who have authority in jail like that they just take it to the next level it's not always the, the, the best way for people to actually deal with stuff like that but like now he told me he was uh you know in, in uh, uh the justice department had finally gotten around to the uh you know, issues in Memphis, Tennessee. uh the assistant attorney general uh christian clark of the right division uh, announced that she's investigating the Mississippi Police Department as a whole 
DOJ, DOJ has received four administrative officers, administrative police, and they use excessive force during arrest against people who are already in custody. And when you get in custody, you know, sometimes people are treated very bad. You can hear all type of stories. Now, all this in the night, when uh, when this this young man was brutally beat, forced his own home, trying to go home to his mother, uh, had a good job, and, and, and we still haven't got any answers yet. Why did he was stop? I'm talking about the gentleman by the name of Tyrese Nichols. You know, he was killed, beat, brutally beat up. And this is all caught on video. Caught on video. And right now, uh, it's, it's, these are the type of things that we don't understand when people are just uh, evil. Evil. But uh, some good things are taking place right now. Uh, the unemployment rate uh, is at the lowest it's been in five months. As a matter of fact, it's continuing to go lower and lower and lower. On the bad side, interest rates, again, are going to continue to ease up a little bit. But right now, uh, the economy as we know it, anybody that wants a job can find a job. Anybody that needs a job can find a job. But right now, uh, the economy is doing very well. Uh, people are uh, uh, now having health care. Uh, in some states, like here in Missouri, uh, they are cutting back on, on service to people. And in most cases, but I don't understand, most cities and states now have money under COVID-19 they see how much spend yet. And like here in St. Louis, uh, they they have over three hundred some million dollars that yet to be touched. And they're trying to figure out now how to spend their money. Now, this why this is going on, which I don't understand, the people who are elected the office, you know, they they on the salary, we paying these salaries. And they hold back the money for people that 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 that, that, that they were given to a passing away because they still ain't giving me services. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It just, it just, it just doesn't. It makes sense at all. Okay, so a lot of things you see, it doesn't make sense. And one of the things that doesn't make sense to me, uh, I'm not a smartest person out there. You know, I don't profess to be. But one of the things that uh, I know a little bit about politics, but I don't understand the governor of Florida. Uh, how he can run for the uh, presidency. And I think y'all said that everyone should be treated equal. Well, when you say equal, all of our history that you and I have, your records will follow you wherever you go. And I don't understand his, his uh, being so obsessed with not wanting to tell black history. You know, to, to this, and, and then want to change it around. And I think for somebody to say that uh, slavery was good, now, even though know, I can't, I mean, it wasn't good, no place in the history going back no, uh, no, no, to Africa. No one could anywhere say that this was a good thing. But uh, the governor uh, of, uh, of Florida seemed to feel that way. And not only does, uh, you don't want to tell the history of Florida, but most Florida has a big long history to tell. Uh, one thing they have some of the, some of the best schools down in HBCU school. Uh, 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 they have some of you know the best football team down there. Party football guys who go on to make big time money. And also, being uh, being that he's now kind of squared, you know, he's, you know with, with how much he uh, do not like blacks. Well, in the last recent month, I should say, over 12 companies 
have their conventions or their conferences from Florida because of the Florida political climate. Because we know we have members, our members in Florida who have been pulled over or stopped trying to be arrested just because of the color of their skin. And and they definitely was not immigrant because they look like an immigrant. Uh, the police, you know, they got a police force out there, and so people really are afraid, afraid for their safety. Matter of fact, one of the things that took place in uh, in the recent weeks, the uh, the, uh, the the National Society of Black Engineers, well, they moved their conference away from there, and also the uh, the Alpha Alpha they the oldest black oldest black in the collegiate uh in the country. Well, then with me the meeting in Atlanta that point to come to uh come twenty twenty five for their because they're moving away from Florida. But it's apparently uh apparently Florida is is a shame of their own history. Old slavery that dates back to seventeen sixty three. And Great Britain control gang control of Florida following the seven year their seven year war. If Florida doesn't teach their children about their history, children will always have in their and their friends to tell them the truth. So it's not like there's not a source to go get the information. It's there, but you just gotta go look for it. And right now all of our kids are, you know, you go places real, you know, Scott, I'm glad you see it all the time, you got these little small kids, two or three years old, you got some type of some type of computer. My grand my grandkids are smarter than I am. <laughs> I know this uh we can talk my wife uh you know with her, my sister oh uh, she has some of my grandkids over so my wife no kind of treated the kids with some little special treat. But breakfast one morning she the waffles and stuff. Now the the, the older kids were having a good time eating you know, blah blah blah. But the youngest one in the in the group was a little small, a little young man, about two or three years old. All he wanted was, was his little computer. <laughs> a, a hour. Yes, sir. They they go they are in the they're in this generation of uh of automation. Yep. So they gonna have to learn how to uh, uh to do the, do this uh do these machines. Hey, 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 this still, these machines is a part of the, uh, the, the spirit of the world as well. Oh, yeah. Well, you, thing, you can't do nothing unless you do something that is stopping the kids from thinking. They don't, they don't think. They just look at something in front and it, and, and, and it come up on the computer. You ask somebody something. They ain't using their own mind to go think and research. They're not doing that. No, they do it this way. Alexis, tell me this. And those computers are going to ruin They're going to learn about them. And that's your, that's your alien stuff, too. Well, you, you know, Rev, I remember I was in, uh, in college, you know, uh, and I, of course, I was going to take one draft, and, 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 and he told us in those days you could not use a, 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 a calculator. A calculator, which is the basic part now, you know, in, in, in trying to you know do in, in doing our drafting work. And right. So now, like you just said, well, really, well, if, if anybody applies for a job and 
you plan for your benefits, if you try to work the IRS, any government agency right now, you have to use a computer. Right. Anywhere you call, automation is going to answer the telephone for you. Yep. If you get a, a live voice, sometimes you, I mean, I am just amazed and happy to say, thank God. You, you know, when you go to the grocery stores here in St. Louis, I'm not sure about other places, but one of our major supermarkets uh, now has a system but they got two systems. They, they're like, in the old days, you had stock boys who would you know, check on you know, stock to shelves, or somebody go through there and count what's missing and certainly what they need to replace. But they have a machine now that does that all during the day. So that's a job that's been lost there. And then, yeah. then we are, and there was a time that we went to the gas station. It has a matter you know, public gas for you. Those jobs have been going a long time ago. And so, and so now you go to the grocery stores, you're a fast check, and you have less, you have less, less alive uh, checkers, and everything is now on, on, you know, on, 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 on the computer. And now oh, you don't own yourself, you know, you, you, you work for yourself and do it. Right, right, but what it's doing is it's taking away more and more jobs, and now here in St. Louis, they got a system now where when you put your stuff in your, in your grocery cart, the grocery cart is going to give you a tabulation. And you don't have to have a person involved in the transaction at no point. It's all good. <laughs> so, I mean, those are jobs, 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 jobs. But anyway, on, on, on speaking of jobs, uh, the UPS track has been avoided. And there was almost oh, 300,000 people, you know, who, uh, uh, you know, who there's a, there's a brown truck that you see running around where they will be working with their teachers. And I'm happy to say that they will not be uh, uh, on strike because a lot of stuff, medicine, goes through those, uh, those, 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 those guys. And matter of fact, one thing they were asking now for is they want the air conditioner in their trucks. And and, and, and and right now, one of the things I was very proud of them for, one of the second parts in the negotiation was that they wanted benefits for their part-time work. Now, see, these are how companies, other other employees, get their benefits because they want to make sure people don't go union, so they so they can get them benefits like unions are getting now. But that's how the system works, really, you know. But anyway, like, I try not to get too much into this, okay? But talking about Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, he you know he needs his own law firm because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, every day, you know, you get tired of the news. Uh, you know, every day, there's some new charges, there's some new explanations about something he did wrong. In real time, go back to what you were saying about pride, about, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that right now people need to understand is he cannot admit that he's guilty right now. But if he admitted he's guilty right now, he can no longer run for president. He can no longer raise money. He cannot, you know, continue, you know, to stay out of jail. So right now, he has no option, okay, but to plead guilty. Now, what I don't understand is people around him who are smart, who are doing dumb things, and going to jail along with him. And his history in the past is that his words is not worth much. And, and those are the things I just don't understand. That's the pride of life. Well, it's the pride of life, Rip, but, but, but at the same time, people should not jump down that rabbit hole 
But anyway, that's the story for another day. Let's keep that. We don't talk about that a lot here. But right now, all of the business associates that work with him, who follow him, they, they all, most of them end up in jail. We got over a thousand people right now that's you know, uh, been, uh, you know, been arrested from, Jan- from January the 6th, and there's a whole line who's still waiting to go to jail on that also. And also, uh, it just amazes me how so many attorneys are losing their license doing stupid stuff, which is which is kind of you know, kind of uh, you know kind of uh, you know, I don't know, but that's over my pay grade, so I'm not getting into that. But also on a good note, okay, uh, the un- unemployment rate is the lowest as I said before. But now on, uh, on the other side, the strike at uh, UPS has been done, but in California, in Hollywood. Around the country, the screenwriters and the actors, uh, uh, unions were being on strike. And this is going to come to a head very soon. Because right now, TV is about to change. You know, for the good and for the bad, it's about to change. And also, in the U.S. Senate, uh, something that's moving forward. Finally, uh, uh, two senators, uh, one was uh, a, a senator from uh, Kentucky, had a hold on, 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 on nominees in the State Department by ambassadors to go to different countries. Well, Italy, Ethiopia, Jordan, Niger, Rwanda, and Georgia. These confirmations have gone forward because of Senator Rand finally uh, approved that. Now, keep in mind, the ambassadors for, for, uh, for Niger just got approved. And there's already a revolt there. So this is how these, these holes are changing the system for everybody. And also, uh, on stupidity again, it's a Senator uh, Tuckerville from Alabama. She refused with any military nominees. And this, this is going to be real crazy here. Over oh, his thoughts, about, uh, his feeling, personal feeling about an abortion uh, policy does not cost anybody money. These people want to be able to travel on their own expenses and go where they need to go, but for their, their own personal, personal life. And this is coming uh, up on the toward the school year, kids, you know, everybody's involved. And also here in St. Charles, Missouri, there's a high school called Master uh, Tower. Well, they continue uh, what happened. The school board, this past school board, they put in some policy that were, that were you know, respecting you know, the blacks was rights there. Well, a new school boy came in. Guess what? They said all that went away. They don't believe in that no more. So there's a little pot brewing there in St. Louis City and County. My jacket and murder continued to rise. And then no my name is Alan Folks. That's Alan Elder Alan Scott Owen. My name is Alan Folks. We have this is Cruz in USA.
afternoon, St. Louis, Missouri, around the world. And you listen to lunch with the Missouri Latino Conference for a beautiful Saturday. Never had the last Saturday in the hot, hot pot of the July. We have a very sketchy guest. Uh, as, we, as we've been saying, we've been for Chuck and I for the last couple of weeks now, that uh, I'm happy to say that the uh, the uh, in National Black Business Conference will be held in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and uh, Fred, what are those dates again? August or what? Yeah, that's uh, August 23rd through the 26th. Through the 26th. And in that conference, we have the International uh, Business League, which has been around since 1900, which was started by the late, I think it was Booker T. Washington. We also, we have the NASDAQ Chamber of Commerce, which comes up on our 30th anniversary very shortly. We also have the other uh, World Commerce of Mayors and also the NASDAQ Business Alliance, which was created by the NASDAQ Chamber of Commerce and the NASDAQ Business League. But these black businesses, organizations, come together uh, to be all on the same page. And in doing this, we have put together some of the sharpest minds, some of the smartest you know, people in the black community, and there are, there are others out there which we invited them all to come to Atlanta to be a part of this. And today, our special guest today is uh, Fred Anderson. Uh, he's a uh, business consultant. He's also a corporate international relations director for the National Team of Commerce, which is a big shoe to fill. <laughs> okay. I didn't include so much, but Fred, welcome to the program. Well, the, the, the program is going to be a very, very uh, totally encompassing program talking about uh, businesses, doing business in business and basically from a black business perspective and uh, not only domestically here in the U.S. but all over the globe. So we have an international day that we kind of labeled the Pan-African Day. So the, the, it's going to be in a very uh, broad agenda. Okay, now when people when people hear uh, the, 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 when they hear international uh, no, no, um, no, for black Black businesses, tell us all what all the, I mean, what, what, come, what, uh, skill some of the countries that we're talking about, you know, some of the, you know, people, you know, that we live in the country and some of the business they've been bringing to the table. Well, well, I mean, one of the, I think, beautiful developments that's happening in, in the Pan African community, like when we say black businesses, you know, that encompasses uh, Latin America, um, there's an African indigenous group of um, black businesses that we deal with in chambers in Latin America, Costa Rica, Colombia, also in the Caribbean. We talk about the Caribbean islands, Caricom, Barbados, uh, Bahamas, Jamaica, uh, St. Lucia, Barbados. And then obviously we want to talk about on the continent, uh, all the 54 different countries of the continent. We're, we're pleased to have at least uh, seven countries that have actually confirmed um, ranging from uh, Nigeria, a delegation, Kenya, Senegal, uh, Ghana, Cameroon, uh, wow. just to name a few, you know, and, and, and from the, what we call the public sector, um, government, as well as the private sector businesses. And, and the business ranges in the areas from uh, the creative economy, that is the name is referred, referred to the entertainment side, as well as, Afri uh, as agribusinesses, as well as technology, um, as well as um, what we call uh, the textile industry as well. So, so there, there's a whole host of industry sectors that'll be there and looking for opportunities to connect with other black businesses to be uh, doing business with them. You 
know, you know, Fred, to, to my knowledge, uh, this is an all-time first, you know, in our country that, you know, that you have these many black businesses in the same place at the same time on the same page. Am I right? Uh, I think you are absolutely correct. There's a monumentous occasion where I think uh, we recognize that our strength is in our collective collaborative efforts. And uh, I'm so pleased to be part of it. I know, I know, I know one, one, one of the things that, that I don't know you listen to the program, but Reverend Lyles was when you were talking earlier about people not working together, about, you know, being just major people. But, but for us in, in this, okay. Would you just uh, just describe with just one component of what's taking place, you know, in Atlanta uh, next month, and to have opportunity if you're a business owner in this country that's that's like to uh, increase, you know, their reach in another country, uh, you don't have to pay to go there. It's here they're coming to you, <laughs> and and we all and we all know Fred and uh, that uh, that in most countries. When you do business other places, they have a whole new set of regulations and, and requirements that you have to do business. And most times, they can't get to the top. They, most times, they go in somebody trying to you know, help them out. They pay extra money. But this is what you want to directly to the top, am I right? Hey, absolutely. And, and one of the things to that point, uh, we're going to be having businesses from all over the diaspora there looking to do business with other black businesses. In addition to that, we're going to have the resources that uh, the U.S. government provides to help businesses to do business internationally, to export from the U.S. to um, other countries like Africa, uh, countries like Africa, countries in Africa, and to Latin America. And, uh, and, and we are pleased to you know, have it participating in Prosper Africa, which actually helps to import and export, to help export commodities and businesses from Africa to the U.S. and also to help buy assistance for black businesses who are looking to do business in Africa. So so we're really pleased to have a true, what I call it, one-stop opportunity to kind of right. connect with doing business. You know, you know, you know, one of the things we right here that, um, that uh, what we just hear here, but there's another part of this, because these same countries right now are looking opportunities in our country so they can invest here and bring their products to the United States. Am I right? And, and I'm glad you mentioned that. that that's so true because one, one of the, the, I think, the misunderstandings is that uh, they're not uh, other affluent African or black businesses abroad in other countries, but they're, right. they're, they do exist and they are looking to do business with uh, black businesses here in, in the U.S., yes. And, and, and for them, it's hard for them to find us. And so what this has made, coming together, you know, it's done by come together, come together, come together, where everyone is coming together with like-minded people to, so everybody can make some money. And, and, and I just kind of like to, to, to echo what you just said. Uh, at our uh, African Leadership Sideline event that we held, the National Black Chamber Congress held in the, this past uh December, uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are aware of, um, we had the trade minister from Ghana who actually spoke at our reception, and he literally challenged the black business uh, community here in the U.S. to take the initiative to look to do business 
in Africa and in countries like Ghana, and that they're looking, specifically seeking out black business owners to, to work with because they feel that uh, unfortunately over these years that we have been kept apart from each other. And that's where, like, now that we are coming together, we recognize that uh, we are stronger together and that we have talents and treasures to share with each other. So, so that's what we're looking to intentionally do. And, 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 and one, one thing we would miss here, that uh, one of the things that making this possible that the, that the State Department uh, uh, and the Biden administration, they open doors up for the, for the black community for the first time, so we want to just of access without any headaches, am I right? And, and yeah, they're, they're being more intentional, and, and that's where I think we have to seize the opportunity as a black business community to uh, seek out the resources that are available and, and really demand that uh, we have access to them. And that's one of the beautiful things that the, the organization is coming together looking to kind of make it available to um, our business chambers and our networks um, that we have outreach to. Okay, now, uh, now, Fred, I'm, I, 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 I'm somewhat apologized to you. I should have did this first, you know. Fred, tell me a little, little bit about Fred Anderson. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll try and keep my journey kind of succinct because uh, I like to say uh, God is blessed with the opportunity to be here longer than most think. But uh, I mean, I've, got a, I've got a background, basically. I like to start from the beginning and from an educational standpoint. I've got three degrees in accounting and management and MBAs in uh, finance and economics, um, worked for uh, one of the- from, from, from what school did you go to? Uh, I went to a, a school in New Jersey, Fairly Dickinson University. Okay. Yes, yes. And uh, basically uh, worked at, um, back in my day at uh, one of the major accounting and management firms called now called Deloitte. Spent some time on the audit side and the management side and then uh, spent some time at City helping to kind of develop their credit card division. So when I date myself, you know, it was a point in time that was uh, that's considered okay. a... That's okay. <laughs> that, that, that was a call center, and uh, I helped to kind of develop into a profit center for the organization. And that's where I, I got you know, a real good understanding of using my educational background and my consulting background to recognizing that you, know, you, you could build businesses. And uh, from there, um, actually, he was part of a founding team that developed a factoring firm that factored pharmaceutical receivables and helped to kind of raise a half a billion dollars for that organization. And then I uh, started uh, consulting on my own and uh, consulting in the areas of working with what I call micro businesses, all the way to Fortune 50 companies to help them to understand the opportunities in doing business in the mainstream and Main Street communities, which included black communities. Then I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, <laughs> then I kind of uh, had some clients uh, that uh, led me to realize that uh, there is a opportunity for us to do international business. And most recently, in the past uh, five years, I uh, started a consulting firm that's called Blueprint Global Consulting Group, which basically is keeping it simple. If you can do business anywhere, you can do business everywhere in the globe. And we help you to just kind of set up the infrastructure and the processes to do that. And that's what really led me to uh, working with the National Black uh, Chamber of Commerce and taking on the responsibility of the corporate and international director for the chamber because of the, the outreach that the, our firm was doing with some synergies 
And one of the things that we really wanted to do is to make sure that uh, black businesses got there so that the entrepreneurial capital table that's global and not just domestically because you know, there, there are billions if not trillions of dollars worth of transactions that happen that uh, we need to be uh, at the table like. You, you know, you know, friend, one of the things that I love about what you said as I watch the progression that as things change, you are, you actually change with the times. And you were, and you and you saw and you saw one thing that that, that a lot of time we see we see opportunities as things as things are changing, and 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 we have to step in and take advantage of that when the time is right. Yes, we we have to be innovative and be willing to adapt as uh, the environment uh, changes, and, and and that's where you know true entrepreneurship and creativity is something that I think is in our DNA as a people. Because we're not just survivors, we're thrivers. And sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we think that we're victims. And I say, well, to, to, to my um, African-American and African brothers and sisters of business, no, we're not victims. We, we seize the opportunity. And we have to adapt to not only survive, but to thrive. That's what we've been doing for, for generations. Well, right, now, well, right now, Fred, you know, you are the perfect example of, uh, of that I'm well, we're gonna talk about politics. Where I, I, I have problems when uh, when someone saying they turn to do away with our black history, okay? Because so people like you, okay, should be codified in our history, but it changes it too big into the, to to no, connect in the past with the future. And that's the only way that we can understand how to get ahead. You're not gonna you're not gonna get any argument from me on that one because I you know, I, I think all, all too often that uh, our stories are not really told. And, right. and, and, that's, and that's where I think uh, as we kind of move forward, we're starting to realize that we can't, how can I say, rely on others to tell our real story. Right. We have, we have to seize our narrative and basically tell all the stories because collectively we, we have tremendous stories to be told. Uh, and, and from a historical standpoint, uh, um, from how we've been able to overcome challenges around the globe, uh, basically, it, it, it's amazing. And then that's where when we kind of connect um, our diaspora together, we realize that we've gone through similar challenges. Now we have to make sure that we stay connected so our stories get told so we can understand that we truly are the uh, people that can overcome and have been on the top floor for centuries, for, for, for decades. You, you know, Fred, and one, one of the things, okay, uh, with the young commerce, since our inception, our creation, we, uh, our goal was to tell the story that people don't tell about blacks being able to be successful uh, doing things. We always say, we like to have people come on that people don't hear about, they should hear about, they should know about <laughs> other things that are taking place, and no one give us credit in history and as we see now our history trying to be erased okay and that's, that's, I'm, I'm, I love history myself and I think your history alone uh, and I guess I have to finish, uh, talk about Chuck on this uh, he's been like global ambassador for the table for so many years that he's opened up doors around the world you know what I mean you know, and which opened up the doors for you now to step in there and have access to, to so many people am I right 
No, that, 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 that's, so, that's so true. And, and, and I'll just share a quick story. Uh, I was basically entertaining some uh, visitors from uh, Kenya um, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the, the different things that we were involved with. And the gentleman said, you know, you have to meet one of my colleagues. So uh, we set up a virtual Zoom to meet one of his colleagues, and as I'm talking to him, you know, he mentions, do I know Mr. Charles DeVoe? <laughs> you know? and, and, and it was like, do I? And, 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 and the beautiful, uh, how can I say, narrative, the fact that he, he shared that he had had conversations and met uh, Charles and Harry and Kay over 12 years ago. Right. You know? and, 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 and that's where it did my heart so good. They realized that the work that uh, uh, the Chamber's been doing through Harry, Kay, and Chuck, that uh, it still continues, you know, and, and, and that's where it also reaffirmed that we're truly three degrees of separation from knowing all the people that we need to know. You know, for me, to meeting someone that's uh, talking to me about economic development in Kenya and me talking to them about what we're doing, he said, I need to introduce you to someone. And he had, and he had the knowledge of, yes, that we are a collegiate group of businesses that are trying to do it together so so it, it, it was a, a a good experience you know you, you know friend one of the stories i like uh chuck had told us on the air was about what happened down in columbia where where the vice president there when she was was it was in order to her inauguration speech there she spoke about how the black human left her commerce and gave her her philosophy had changed in how she, you know she presented us and, and there, that, that, that same narrative, okay, it changed how the president of that country decided he needed a black female to be on the ticket to be, to be, to be successful. And that all came from something that the Nasdaq Hill Comrade had painted their seed in another country and, and, it, and it went over to some other people now. And it didn't spread. No, I mean, and, and, and that's, and see, to, to that point, I mean, when you look at the, you know, African marketplace okay the black marketplace it, it has an impact in every aspect of our society you know yes. from the, how we should be governed how we should do business how we should be socializing <laughs> and, and and that's where sometimes we as the people don't own that credit and i think that's when we should start doing that recognizing that we do make that a, a, an impact and we should be proud of that impact and it's usually a positive impact but sometimes it, you know society tries to make it seem like it's negative but it's usually a positive you know? right, but, see, but see one one of the problems there is that there's not many outlets in our country such as this program today that's spreading the real story okay about what the facts are and what you are doing and what Chuck is doing. And matter of fact, it's all of our chambers are doing. When we're, you know, we're, we're kind of being a bridge there and I firmly believe in telecommunication because that's how you connect to the world. So I definitely agree, Gene, and I, and I thank you for, for, for having me on your show and I thank you for having your show here because it's very important, you know, and, and every everything that we do you know, collectively adds up. And sometimes people don't realize that, but when you start saying, well, hey, there's, you know, roughly, I would say hundreds of millions, okay, of people of African descent, but we're just kind of sometimes spread out. When you look at us as a marketplace, we are the premier marketplace around the world. Everyone utilizes to kind of uh, 
of, how can I say, leverage their, their stories. And then that's where we, we have to recognize programs like yours is really important so that we need to keep utilizing it to leverage our stories so the truth gets told, so the information gets out. Well, you know, you, you, you know, Fred, one of the behind-the-scenes stories that's taking place right now in the world, in the entire world, involve people in Africa right now, when it comes to uh, Putin in Russia, with, with, uh, with what's going on over in, uh, in, over in, in Ukraine, because he, he's now, Putin is now reaching out to Africa, Africa, Africa right now, okay, <laughs> trying to get their support. And they have forced him to change his philosophy about a blockade he had put in place. And this all came because of the efforts of black, black nation, am I right? That, that, that's correct. And, and, and that's where um, the, the African nations have come together and made their opinions known, which right. basically made him realize that he, he could not just take it for granted that they were going to uh, um, fall to what he felt was the right decision for his for his country. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah. you know one, one, one of the things that uh, that people take us for granted in Africa, that country alone, or that you know, that not the country, that continent alone, it has all the riches that people all want to get: diamonds, oil, uranium. Any mineral that's out there that's valuable right now that's needed for the world for the rest of the world to operate primarily comes from Africa. No, definitely, and, and, and what's really happening the, the continent of Africa and the countries in Africa they're realizing that you know they are the wealthiest natural asset based land uh, that the world has to offer, and so and so with that you know they're recognizing that. Um, they have to take a strong position in making sure that the resources that they possess are valued at the level that they should be valued at. And, and, and collectively, that if you're going to look to do business on the continent with the 54 different countries, you have to do it in such a way that is respectful and values the human the human capital that's in the country. Because all too often, um, of the world has looked at Africa as basically taking the raw assets from the country and from the continent and, and basically uh, not giving them the true value for it. And, and that's where um, a, a lot of the uh, country leadership are saying, we want businesses to be brought to the country in Africa so that the people of Africa can basically benefit from doing business with the world. And, and, and that's where um, I think the unfortunate circumstances in Ukraine as a war happening and, and people saying how that's going to impact the uh, food chain, I'm recognizing that it does. But when you say, well, gee, Africa has the largest arable land. And so that meant that Africa has been underutilized. And so now this is the opportunity that the African nations are saying, okay, fine, let us not go back to that position of being underutilized. Let us now become a, a continent, countries of strength and utilizing their natural assets. And, and that's where, you know, African-American black businesses can play a major role in making that happen. Because as I mentioned, we have, we, have a, we have a lot of talent and they have a lot of treasure that I think coming together 
um, we can do a lot of good. Well, well, Fred, one of the things I commit to you today on the air, you know, we hear around the world, you know, if people listen to our conversation today, Missouri Human Commerce commits our program, building airspace, to any, 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 any African nation who wants to come on here and tell their story about what they have to offer and what they, and what they need from us for us to work together. This is an open invitation to any of those people that you speak to, any of those, your clients, I'm going to say people, your clients, because the one thing that they all need is a voice to be heard. And we want to be that voice for them in this country at all possible right now, starting today. And, and I think uh, the people that we have coming to our conference down in, in Atlanta, and again, this is something that was put in place by Chuck, Harry, and Kay years ago. And now people are seeing the value of how we can work together as one. And we always have the same, one thing we can never, nobody can do. Our skin color cannot change. <laughs> so true. No, yeah. you know, we can't, you can, you can tell a different story. Uh, you can tell lies on me. But at the end of the day, the fact was that we are still who we are. And right now, in, in any country in Africa that needs an outlet to tell their story, these railways here, and I got a scholar the line with me, I'm doing a manager, and I think he would agree with us, that we want to have the story told so people can, can benefit and grow and become more prosperous. Am I right, Scott? That's correct. Yeah, man. Well, 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 I, I definitely would carry that generous offer that you're making back to my relationships uh, internationally, clients, and, and also the uh, other international chambers that we are connected with. And, uh, and so uh, be, be prepared for uh, having a number of different, uh, what I call, world guests on your speaking your platform. Well, 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 that's why we're here. And uh, as, as, as we started this years ago, Scott, been taught, we've been doing this for a number of years now, and we just felt that, 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 that too many times the truth is not told, you know, about what's, what is going on. And, and it comes to international trade now, uh, almost in any corporation in America is trying to get an office in Africa someplace. I mean, am, am I right? Oh, m most, most definitely. And, and, and that's where um, all too often it's been a, a lot of the Fortune 100 companies that are looking to rush in, onto the continent and to, and to different countries to set up a position so that they could be first in line to uh, take advantage of the opportunities. And, and that's where um, what, what we're trying to do both in the chamber and our firm is to let um, what we call the true black businesses know that there is room for us to be at the table to get a part of those business opportunities. And, uh, and, and our black brothers and sisters around the globe are looking for us to kind of be there and they want us to be there. And, 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 that, and that's something that I'll just mention um, for, for years, um, there's been a misunderstanding that, you know, the indigenous African, Pan-African people were not looking for each other to do business with. But we are, you know, and, 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 and that's where I just want to make sure that that gets out there so that um, we, we recognize those markets are available to us and relationships want to do, do business with.
with us. You, you, you know, Fred, uh, a little history here. Uh, before I was asked to uh, report on uh, hey, Aaron, I just uh, wanted to say something. He's the son of a king. <laughs> yes, you are, Fred. You're the son of a king. And right now, uh, we, we want to be work, work, work with you and you know, to help you back you up and support you. Because the, the one thing, we all need to work together as a team effort. Amen. And that's why the yes. commerce, we've been consistently, every Saturday, getting the word out, bit by bit, bit by bit. And I think today, uh, as you share this program with your, your clients, or ones who are listening now, the door is open. And we want to communicate with you. Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure everyone gets, is getting a fair shake for their dollar, for their effort, time for the end. And I'm, I'm an old union guy, and I believe that if you, if, if, if I give you a fair day's labor, I want a fair day's wages. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. And part of my journey, one of my first internships, actually, uh, I had the opportunity to work for a union in their pension department. So I definitely understand the, how can I say, the collective bargaining of labor coming together. Yes. And that's that's one thing, okay. Uh, Unfortunately, our black community, even here in in, in our country, uh, we're going to talk later, okay. That's one of the things that's going to do by Chamber of Commerce right now is want to trying to take a take advantage of bridging that gap so our people here in our country can understand the opportunity they have to work with the trade unions. To be a part of see one of the things that President Biden says all the time, I'm a union man. Well right now that means that if you want to make some money, if you're a black company, he will the money comes to you, not to employees. They're looking for countries right now in this country to do business with. And go ahead. And, and, uh, and, I, and I'm saying that the, the principles of, of a union is basically, I think, is what our conference is themed on, being together. If, if, right. if you stand together, you, you actually can get more business opposed to being an individual just trying to get a, a job. You know, so, so that's something that's within real right well, but now, 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 the main thing is you can respect. A good example right now is what UPS just did. Okay? You know, they, they came to the table, and UPS itself is making boo-hoo dollars, <laughs> billions of dollars, you know, every day. And, and they are no, nowhere close to going broke no time soon. But they need to share that wealth. With the people that's actually making the money for them. Amen. And that's it. And when we come to African, African nation, African people here in this country, that we want to be respected and we want to be the voice that see, the power of communication, what we're doing right now, Fred, is very powerful. When people hear your voice and my voice today, I'm with Reverend Scott. It's 20 this is a unique opportunity. We won't take advantage of it. Yes, and, and, and I think it's a good thing that uh, we're definitely showing that, that we can come together and do business together. We can work together. We can tell our stories together because as a collective, basically, we, we are a market that matters in every aspect of the mentioned before in our society. And so we should 
um, basically use our strength of togetherness to basically achieve our, our, you know, our own objectives for our people and for our communities. Well, you know, the power of this conference, so far we have just been discussing the international part of what's going to be offered there. We haven't got off into the conference of, uh, the, 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 of black males around the world who are going to be in Atlanta. What they're bringing to the table. You know, you're so you're so true. I mean, and, and, that, and that's why the we're together is so important. You know, that, that, yeah. the, the international aspect is one aspect. As you mentioned, you know, the World Conference of Mayors is bringing into a global, um, on the global stage, the political component of our community. And the National Business League is talking to a, a, the other aspects of business. Right. And the National Latino Commerce, you know, um, with that, all the different chambers, it, it, it's a wonderful um, culmination of strength. It is, it is, and that's, and that's why I said, uh, to my knowledge, and well, I'm 34 years old, I don't know how you are, and that's being real there. But, uh, but in, in, in my lifetime, I have not seen this caliber of blacks assemble in the same place and be all on the same page. Yeah, and and, 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 I, and I don't disagree with you on that. And uh, the current history, I, I think uh, it's a monument, it's an occasion that uh, definitely needs to be recognized. And, and that's why, you know, during the conference on Friday, uh, we're calling it Pan-African Day. But the, the thing that really is going to be the culmination of that is the celebration of the National Black Chamber of Commerce 30 years of yeah. being an 30, association. 30 years, 30 years, 30 years. And it's and it's all about working deliberately together to making our communities better from a business standpoint. You know, you know, one of the, one of the things, Fred. You know, I'm so honored that um, uh, Harry, uh, uh, I met him, met him for the first time during the Michael Brown situation here in St. Louis, in Northbrook, Missouri, and 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 I was just, you know, I was honored to meet him. You know, Take, I'm taking my word for it. Uh, but, but to be asked, okay, to be asked to uh, head up the Fatima, Missouri, and I told him, no, be honest with you, four or five times, right? I said, you know, uh, now I just broke up my neck, and but uh, he was he was very persistent. You know how Harry is, Harry was, I should say, and, and he said, Ira, things that happen around the world, uh, and there's no place, nobody in Missouri. For us that reach out to, we connect to, to the rest of them, because teams right now, we need somebody there. And and we feel that you had a capability to do that. And and and, and so I found it, you know, relented. And since that time, my mission has been is to be, be, uh, to be ensured that I, you know, make sure his trust was not misplaced. And as Chuck and I have worked together since you know, Harry Cage's death, Make sure, but as I told every said on the program, you know, you know, when he was traveling, that he is a global ambassador that's taking the word out from the dream that Harry, Harry and Kay Hill about what we're doing exactly now. Yeah, well, I'm happy, I'm happy that uh, Harry was persistent, and I'm happy to hear that you um, gave in and. Uh, 
created an opportunity for the businesses in Missouri to kind of have a place because that's what it's all about, you know, creating a network of people that are like-minded, looking to just strive for doing good things. And, uh, and then that's where, you know, we continue. You know, we, we, we create a platform that is greater than who we are as individuals because it's for the greater good, it's greater cause, and that's our people. Okay, but let me let me let me say this first. Okay, before I take this the wrong way, the reason I was resisting, but I just broke my neck in November. <laughs> and I've been paralyzed, you know, during that time period. And and when he asked me, it was it was in March, you know, which is about four or five months after I broke my neck. And so and so with you, people didn't know I was going to be, going to be alive to, you know, to be, to do anything <laughs> and save my own self. <laughs> but but that's uh, under, under those circumstances, I can definitely understand. And, and I just thought, like, unfortunately, mo- many of us, you know, myself included, sometimes when we're asked to step into um, fill certain roles, it's, it's a bit intimidating because you want to make sure that you deliver for the people right. that you're representing. You know, and, and, and sometimes we underestimate ourselves. And then some people, sometimes people see in us what we don't see in ourselves. But they, how do they encourage us to be on the stage? And then once you get there, you realize that, okay, fine, uh, it was the right thing to do. Right, I, right. I commend you. I, I commend you. Amen. We're, we're right now, uh, I'm happy to, to make this announcement also. Uh, we've been talking about having our regional conference. Uh, for the Blue Commerce here in St. Louis. And just this past week, we were able to uh, uh, consummate that. We had met with the Mayor Ferguson uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? Right before the matter of fact, it was prior to the holiday, you know, I hope you about weekend. Yeah, right, that's right. We had met with her, and uh, we asked her if we could bring our, bring the, uh, our conference to Ferguson, Missouri. We want you know to highlight the good things that people don't, don't know about Ferguson and not the bad things they portrayed as. And so, so she agreed. And yes, I mean this past this past week we were able to uh, come to agreement on a date and a place for our conference in April. We got like to invite you to be there also. By the way, that's what made it made possible. And. Uh-oh. Thank you for the invitation, and uh, I'll, I'll look to be there. That's my birthday month. I know, I know. You told me that it's your birthday month, and uh, and it's my wife's birthday in that month also. And but uh, but it's, it's gonna be a good month for you, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and but I think right now, uh, uh, as I kind of fulfill what Harry's kind of vision was, bringing in St. Louis, we have all these major corporations all located in the St. Louis area. I mean, we have a global, I mean, international presence here. And I think with some of your clients that you have, we want to have access to some of these companies here. And no matter what, they want also to have access to you also to the, into the country that you that you represent. Amen. Well, well, whatever we can do, and, and, and I know this is just a redundant pledge at the National Black Chamber of Commerce, and me specifically, personally, professional, professionally, I, I'm looking to be supportive. It goes back to my overall desire for us to be together trying to do good things together. Well, well, I, I, well, I thank you for, you know, for that, but, uh, but, but uh, that's just uh, some of the things that we see that is important to communicate with each other and communicate with people that don't have access 
to the airways like we're doing this right now. No, 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 uh, this is a blessing right now. And not only is this a blessing because this has been, uh, can be heard again tomorrow at the same time, one to three percent of time, and again on Wednesday, that this will be a rebroadcast. And we're live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Live, live, also on FrequencyUSAHotDoggers.com. And we also can be found on Spotify. Now, this by itself, Fred, is, a, is, is such an opportunity for a lot of people. No, it, it is, and, and that's where uh, I'm going to look to uh, let as many people know of how to access and listen. And then, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to look to get some of our international relationships um, yes. to be guests on your show because I think they've got a message that's important to be shared and that will be beneficial to your listening audience. Well, we, well, we have the airways, that's, and that, see, that's why we created we created this. It was my vision. We created this early over. You know, uh, to to be able to uh, make a difference in in our communities, not just here at St. Louis. I, I foresaw myself being able to help outside of St. Louis uh, and, and, and make make some of the things St. Louis need. They need to come in here for some black opportunities. We need jobs, jobs, jobs. Job. That's why our crime is so high right now. In all our cities, we have crime problems. Because, because, because they, they need jobs, jobs, good paying, not just a job, good paying job. Jobs for family. You know, and, and unfortunately, you know, economic development um, is usually the number one reason why crime is high, and, and that's why, you know, uh, from, from the African American and, and black perspective in order to kind of be able to provide jobs we have to own businesses and entrepreneurship is, is one of the ways that we can start you know looking to say hey how can we start um, a business that could basically grow to employ maybe one person two people you know before you, you before you know it it could be four to five people but it, it's just taking pride in, in the business that you're doing and uh it, 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 it's looking to just employing people from the community you know, friend, uh, in the Bible, which Reverend Lyles uh, taught from today, all through the Bible, we talk about wealth. Wealth. Pass on wealth to, to the next generation. And if you have a business, that's wealth that you can pass on to your next generation. Amen. If you have some type of knowledge information about something that you do, will carry your children for the next generation. That's called wealth that you pass to the next generation. And I think right now the Muslim commerce and National commerce and also the, 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 the National Black Business Commerce as a whole. We are teaching people now how they can create wealth and then transfer the wealth to the next generation. And, 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 and that's so true. I mean, the conference in Atlanta on the 23rd through the 26th, we will have definitely panel conversations on how to build businesses, how to grow your business, how to get access to capital, um, women empowerment and uh, entrepreneurship. And, 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 and these things are basically echoing what you're saying, building something of value that you can pass on as a legacy to your family, to your children. And so that, uh, you know, 
that you, you, you create an environment not only for yourself, but for your family and for your neighbors and for your community, which will be sustainable. You know, one of the things here, uh, uh, I'm somewhat missing my for, and I think you know this already, a Bishop and Crump, who was a worldwide figure in the civil rights movement, uh, just in rights period, I should say. You know, you know in legal battles in our black communities, I think Al Sharpton called him the attorney general for the black community. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's going to be our guest speaker, our keynote speaker at the conference. And then, now we're talking about, again, being there for all we just described, we got Mr. Crump. You know, who, you know, who puts his life on the line every day. But what is you know, fighting for people's rights? It's not for the money that he's doing. I mean, he's doing it, you know, for making a change. And no, other, and other than right now, uh, the Justice Department uh, just talked about you on the program. Uh, they're going to Memphis, Tennessee, right now, to look at some of the, the injustices that's been going on for a long time. That's like we have injustice going on here in Ferguson, Missouri for a long time. Well, now we have to say we have a whole new administration there. Uh, we have a new police chief, who's Chief Doyle, which is a hell of a man. I've been doing it for a number of years. Um, our mayor, Ella Jones, matter of fact, the previous mayor, and I worked closely together. Matter of fact, we saw it at the chamber. He was one of our number one supporters when we first got to the chamber. And he's been there for us from day one. Now, we were, we were together in kind of putting out the fires and bringing people together in prison behind the scenes. And, and now we can, when you come to Ferguson in next April, we, we have a tour of our guests. You're going to be amazed on what Ferguson has to offer and the things that came out of those flames of those buildings were burned down. No, and, and, and I probably will be amazed, but it doesn't surprise me because, as I said earlier, we as, as the black people, you know, we not only survive, we figure out a way to thrive. And then that story sometimes does not get told, and that's why sometimes it's surprising. It's like of, of the efforts and the results. But but I I don't under, I, I do not underestimate the capability of who we are as individuals, businesses, and, uh, and basically leadership. I don't underestimate. You, you know, you know one, one of the things that uh, we uh, <laughs> the debate in uh, in Florida about uh, black folks was slavery. <laughs> The way he was described, the way, the one way it should have been described, it, it describes a people that has survived with nothing, with the least least of the least, least of the least 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 least. Okay, and we came, we came here uh, and created a whole country. They don't tell the story, but in Washington D.C., that whole street design was done by black men. Amen. You don't tell a story, okay, about stoplights, what's created by black men. Amen. And I could go on down the list of our history that everybody appreciates every day. And the first president was a black man. <laughs> come on, Rhea. Come on, Rhea. Yeah. And, 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 but see, again, 
uh, as we as we grow more and more, and as we move forward, and that's what this conference is doing in Atlanta, Georgia, for the first time, we bring all these great minds all together on the one accord. We have one one message. We can and we will survive and we all grow together. Yes, and 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 that's a continuous story that we have to continue telling so that it does not get lost that we are our more than a capable community. More than a capable. We saw us with Yes, 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 Fred. And and he, you know, you know, uh, most recently, uh, a friend of mine, um, um, uh, just attended a conference. Well, not a conference. It was like a reunion in uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And and everybody knows the story about Tulsa being burned down. Well, also in Florida, we had we had uh, you know, massacres down there. And if you could be told we have had black massacres in the black community, well, when they tore down all our communities to build, to build, like in downtown St. Louis, the Mule Peak area where they had a baseball park and all this stuff right now, that was a black community. And, yes, and, and we look around our history, all that is, all that, okay, was we were in the right place where we were at. Which was the best places for us places, and they and they, they wanted our spots. Yeah, we had the foresight and the vision and the grace of God to have the best land in St. Louis, and they can't take it from us. That's right. <laughs> and, and that's really unfortunate. That has happened to so many of our communities. I and mean, you mentioned Chicago, Chicago, and the Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. You know, Rosewood, Florida. I mean, yeah. the, the, the lot of communities that uh, were thriving that uh, unfortunately um, mm-hmm. the, the power that be did not like the fact that we were thriving and they basically created a situation to kind of take our prosperity for us for that moment. But we're, 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 we're not going to just let that lie. That's why I think we're coming together. We're basically rebuilding our communities and continue on because again, they're not gonna they're not gonna stop us. You know, uh, you, you, you know Fred, another life years ago, I worked with a late Mayor Major Jackson in Atlanta, uh, and 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 when he became mayor, uh, he was like the first black mayor of Atlanta, and he and I had the same philosophy that that we need that we need to stake our claim. And step up and be who we are. Amen. And not be intimidated, push aside, or ignored. Because right now, what he did back then, gave the groundwork right now for what is constantly taking place in Atlanta, Georgia. That is for sure. And he and he was intentional about it. That's why sometimes you hear me use that word, being intentional. He 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 was. He was not ashamed uh, by saying I'm going to make black millionaires right. because that's what it's all about the position of power to help people yes he was, he was near real front with the late uh, uh, Andrew Young and uh, in fact I met with I met those days uh, uh, some people from years who came over I was down there for, uh, for another event and uh, I was able to meet the delegation from Israel 
during the time uh, when Andrew Young was uh, an ambassador, when things were kicking off over there, and they actually they, they come to use and I, naturally, I, I was saying yes until I was advised by the gentleman's wife who said, I, I said, I said, how would that affect me? She said, folks, over there, it would affect you. Because I said, I, if I go to use them, I can't spend that, that water to get back home. <laughs> something goes wrong you know, you know and, and, and she said right now it wouldn't be good for you so I turned it down but that's how the man was being, being people and what they did back then I don't know how you are Fred but I know Chuck knows it that's when they created this 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 this, this, this thing the black young men being taken out of, of kidnapped in Atlanta to make that generation of Fred to come to Atlanta right Chuck Oh, it was, it was all, it was, it, it was that and more. That is, that is more. God bless us all. Amen. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, <laughs> Mr. Charles DeVoe. How are you? Yeah, wonderful and great to hear you, sir. Uh, and thank you for being part of our lively discussions. Uh, but please don't allow me to digress as time is of the church. But, but no, 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 Chuck, before you came in, uh, we opened the door to, to Fred and his organizations and the people they plan to work with that um, these are airways that any African, in any nation, either that wants to want to and to talk to, this airways, our program here is available to them. But we, we want to be a voice to the voiceless. And then and, and Chuck, you know, you've been with me on this since I started this eight years ago now. Matter of fact, eight years next month as we started, started the program. And you've been with me. We, we had faith, Chuck. Remember that? Yes, sir. We had some crazy hot, crazy days, but we we with you hanging in with us. But anyway, yeah, it was so much of that, but Chuck. Just to push our CEO of National Human Commerce, uh, Chuck, we've been taking your phrases, but if you could give us value the understanding and the, and the reason that this country was created, if you don't mind. With the country? The, no, the conference. The, oh, the, the, conference, conference. The, conference. the conference was created. The conference was really created as almost kind of like like looking in your attic or something or your closet and you're going like Hey, this is its style. This is shape. This is ready. This is what the times. You know how how they talk about styles and different things coming back around. But the times came back around to where we were looking at essentially what's what's. You know, you were talking about the ulterior motives or the engineering or the strategy. The game is being played. I mean, come on now. We we, we there's some of us that understand. Our, our living history, but not only the living history, but those of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And the teachings of Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois and Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. all the way back, I mean, they did have broke it all the way back down to pre-Civil Rights era. Yes, yes. And that's where we coming together to say that, that, that you know, uh, divided or we 
got this black business advocacy group, that one over there, and whatever. And so they kind of fooled, they fooled around and let us kind of halfway get in a coalition that uh, uh, corporate <laughs> foundations were controlling. And we're like, wait a minute now. You know, y'all didn't really think you're going to get these unbossed and unowned off the plantation Negroes together and that we weren't going to be seeing exactly what you're doing and how you're trying to do it and give us a, a script and almost kind of like make us a, a puppet to where you got a hand behind our neck and you move our mouth and you speak. You know, no, that ain't happening. So what we're doing is going back to the basics and, you know, you can debate whether affirmative action works for who or what, but if you go down to the report card or the bottom line or what, you know, it's like, as soon as they get able to put some dilution in that purity of what was originally from the 1964 Civil Rights Act, what was it, what was really the intention and what was the definition of a minority? And it was really black, Hispanics, Native Americans. The minute they started putting white folks back into minorities, that's when they had to gain. They turned the tables. And all the successes of the minority programs within, we started seeing uh, black business opportunity and contracting and uh, value measurement slowly going down, 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 down. And that's where we came back today. And just what you were talking about with the, uh, what was burned down, and, and, and Fred, you chimed in talking about, uh, I think it was Rosewood and a few other places. I mean, you're right, they, they, that was a business model. And it was it was being replicated around the country, but it wasn't even all about uh, 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 Greenwood and Black Wall Street as much as every 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 city where there were black folks. We had an area where they, they were going to leave us alone a little bit, let us do business with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that is when the, uh, the international the, the the interstate highway system really was the first one. That a yeah. lot of us saw, and when they started putting highways like right down through the center of the city, or uh, putting those circular ones around it, the 495s and the 475 and the 465, all yeah. of them, they started doing that, and they were like, "Well, we're going eminent domain, domain, and we're taking this property. I'm sorry, but you're gonna have to move." You know, and then they came. They came with the next play. The next play was uh, 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 property property taxes. <laughs> you know, you your grandmother, like down there in the uh, Ninth Ward in uh, New Orleans after Katrina. Those those were homes that were generationally legacy inherited, passed on from generation to generation. Yes. And when they said they wanted to rebuild it, and they said, okay, so what are we going to do? Well, first thing we're going to do is the property taxes going up. And so what happens to those families that really don't have the income of the targeted market that they're trying to move into it, they know you got to let it go, or they're going to take it. And so these are these are the, these are some of the little things that they do. And, you know, there's the, uh, there's a lot. You come with redlining. Uh, limiting your access to capital, uh, all these different things that come into play. And then there's always that, you know, I call it the Velveeta cheese, that box of cheese. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't understand what that, what, what, what does that symbolize? 
there was a welfare program we had in the United States of America where we're going to give you a box of cheese. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't no, it wasn't no uh, 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 money cheese. You know, like some cheddar. No, it's old chemically produced American Velveeta. You know, not not knocking the product, but that's that was that was your welfare. Don't do anything. We got you. Go get some cheese. And uh, so we're going all the way back. A long answer. Get you back. We're going back to basics. We're going back to the fundamental blueprints that are sound and proven and statistically uh, measurable. And we are very comfortable having a political policy component in the room with us, which is the World Conference of Mayors. The National Business League has uh, perfected the supplier diversity uh, linkage between large manufacturers and large suppliers. Many of the businesses that are coming to the table from supply industries such as the automobile industry, and you can have uh, somebody just supplying screws or a catalytic converter part or something like mm-hmm. that going over a hundred million dollars a year some up to a billion mm-hmm. but they're still considered a small business and why it is kept they're black owned businesses but the way the game has been convoluted to where you can't even get a vendor code to become a supplier so they're trying to go out now and buy companies that had the number so they can get in there and take them over and try and put more uh, resource, more money, more this, more that. But that's how they're able to do it, similar to that um, gentrification. That's what we really were describing there. So the conference is coming together. It is global. It's throughout the diaspora. So by black businesses being able to do business with each other, you know, there's no other, it doesn't have to be any other common denominator other than we are small business trying to do business with each other. So uh, thanks to to, uh, Mr. Frederick Anderson, who's with us today. Fred led a groundbreaking, I almost want to say earth-shattering mission that went to New Delhi, India. And lo and behold, (laughs) that diaspora connection is deep. They said, they came to us and told us that they've been following the civil rights movement since Dr. King was over uh, studying under uh, Mahatma Gandhi in 1952. Mm-hmm. And they had the same kind of thing where they felt there was disparity within their culture based on skin pigmentation. There's some people over there, If you, I don't know if you've ever noticed in these movies, there's always somebody that looks like they're black. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in Mexico or whether you're in India. And, you know, and certainly you get over in Europe. They're, those are Africans. But even in places like in the in in the in the uh, in Asia, like uh, uh, Taiwan, Thailand, Siam, uh, all these all these other places, man, they got some they got different pigmentations within their own culture, of which those people end up being disparaged. So now we're all coming together and we're talking, and we're going to have probably the biggest international delegation we've ever had. Uh, at our conference, and everybody's coming with the briefcase full. Their their portfolios are full of opportunity, full of initiatives, things that they they're going to ask for. So this kind of comes right under our global economic development initiative, and we're looking at how we take what we have as assets, and then match up what we need 
sometimes we just need access to market. Sometimes, like for example, with India, India is known for their manufacturing of food processing and other types of uh, uh, me mechanical engineering. And when you get over to Africa, they're over there saying, you know, the Chinese came in, then the Indians came in, these other people came in, but they own the machinery to process our food, but we can't, if they try to sell us one, it's going to be an older model, it's going to break down, the price is going to be high, and they're going to make sure they don't maintenance it. We can't take care of it. So they end up putting a monopoly on, you could grow all the, let's say, cashew nuts, you can grow all the cashew nuts you want. But what you going to do with it? Well, to get them processed, you got to come to us. And so that's adding value. And then take uh, mangoes and other perishable goods like that. Because you can't process them, they're like, well, you got to buy them today because they're no good tomorrow. And so they're wasting a lot of product. But that puts them in a position where they cannot sell anything outside of where almost like what you put your hand on. You know, so it's it, it's seafood, it's uh, agricultural products, it's 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 all all kinds of things where there's no added value, and it goes back all the way to the history of mankind. Uh, there is tea that you get from uh, England. It's called English breakfast tea. Well, it's it's black tea essentially that's grown in Africa. You have uh, uh, Italian marble. And linen, Irish linen, and all that. All that stuff's coming out of Ethiopia. But they get it, and they take it, and they basically do whole processing. Cut it, polish it, do something, stick a label on it, and they're selling it back to the same people where they got it from, but because they had the machinery and all that. So anyway, it's a long story. That's what's adding value. And if we can get in our whole economic system, our ecosystem on how, you know, they, and we can get into this, but you know how they talk about the black dollar? Mm -hmm. Well, the black global dollar is is awesome. It's scary. That's why they don't want us to do it. Did you? They don't want us to do it at all. I mean, and these people are going to do everything they can to stop. I mean, we're dealing with something right now where uh, later, late this coming week, we're supposed to be going to um, South Africa, Ghana, and Nigeria with the International Trade Administration. Well, Paul, if they don't have no, hey, hey, you know that phrase, but ain't no shame in the game? <laughs> they have no shame of saying, come look at our Negroes. We're going to parade you out here. And we're saying, listen, if y'all don't have the right black person leading this thing, it ain't going to be no trade mission. Come on, come on. You know, we're not, you, that, who do you think you are? What are you doing? And we're paying for it, too. Y'all ain't giving us no uh, free trips. This hey, is you, you know. But yet, but yet what? Africa's the key to the world, the key to the future. You know, so finally, baby, you know, it's always going to be a few more. But we get there. This conference is going to be where everybody's coming together. We're going to be dialoguing. We're going to have a, uh opening keynote address from um, Attorney Benjamin Crump. And not only is he going to talk about civil rights and the affirmative action part, he's going to talk about the future and us being able to do business with each other. We have a strong agricultural component that's coming that is going to talk about uh, food deserts, food insecurity, what's going on in uh, other countries. Our uh, dear friend Juan Camilo Cabezas is coming 
from the land management company of uh, Columbia in South America on behalf of the vice president of the Ministry of Agriculture. And they're going to talk about the reparations they've been doing where they're giving land to indigenous and Afro-descendants. And now they're asking American black farmers, can, can we help them develop crops and develop uh, customers and put all the technical capacity that we need in there so that they can become a viable uh, commercial entity. Right. Folks, I hate to uh, say this, but we've got three three minutes left. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Ira, we'll be talking a little bit more about it in the weeks to come. Okay. okay. By the way, by the way, Chuck, uh, I sent you a text the other night saying that on uh, this past Thursday, uh, we kind of went over and we have planned our first regional conference with the Mexican Commerce in April. <clears throat> And one of our goals, Fred and Chuck, we want to kind of duplicate as much as we can what's taking place down in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, a small, a small version of that in the Midwest. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so take, so taking it to the streets, as they would say. So showing other people that you know we don't have to be just one place. That we can, and, and uh, we plan, uh, we have the space available to do all we want to do. And uh, and we want that. The world knows so we in Atlanta we have this little flyer saying come to Ferguson, Missouri be a part of the Missouri Commerce first regional conference. Excellent. Congratulations. Lock that data in. We have two, three, five sponsors that have initiatives and interests and things they'd love to do. And if we get that date on the calendar, we'll put it we'll put it in the tour. Okay, we appreciate that. Yes, A for the fourth fourth in the field. 2024. Well, we got about two minutes left. I'd love to dedicate that to uh, Brother Fred and Frederick Anderson. Fred, tell us a little bit about the uh, panels, workshops, and what you feel are the highlights of what our listeners would be uh, excited about. Well, uh, again, the conference on August 23rd to 25th is going to be a stellar event, and uh, we're going to uh, I'll give you a quick highlight. We're definitely going to be having panel discussions that are going to be every aspect of getting in business, starting a business, getting access to capital, um, growing your business. We're going to have added panel discussions that are going to feature the other attendees that are going to be talking about such topics as you know, trusting yourself in uncertain times of entrepreneurship. Um, transform, transformative power of wellness and business culture um, topics including uh, institutions of change um, one of the great topics that we think is going to be really good is having the athlete's mindset in business so so I think that's a great workshop that people should be uh, interested in we're also going to have the U.S. Census Bureau there we're going to have the U.S. Title Office there talking about how to protect your intellectual property uh, we're going to have representatives from the Exit Bank and Costa Africa helping you to finance international trade business. Before we get cut off, what's how, how can people find out about it? Where, where can they go? What website? They, they can go to um, the national nationalbcc.org and click on uh, the National Black Chamber website, or they can go to the National Black uh, the National Business Conference.com. National Black Business Conference.com and go over to both the agenda and here's the last we'll leave you with for today we'll come back talk more next week we have a very special 
uh, price for uh, members and listeners uh, from the Missouri Black Chamber of Commerce. And you just go down and you can be an exhibitor and get tickets to every full-service tickets, all the meals, the galas, the luncheons, everything. It's $250. That's a, that's a minimum of a $1,500 value right there. So go ahead, come on down, follow up with brother, uh, brother folks here and the team. Rev, everybody on the show, we, you're welcome. Come on down. You're your family. Let's go. You listen to lunch with the Missouri Human Coverage on the beautiful Thursday afternoon. That's Young, that's Fred, that's Scott, and that's me. I folks. Lunch with the Missouri Human Coverage. Talk to you again next week. Scott, on that note, get out of here. Now, I'm going to say that. And life is good.